This is the Bud Light Morning Rush Podcast, brought to you by the all-new Natural Light Natterdays with a refreshing strawberry lemonade twist. It's Natterdays. They're going to run and get that boot. The Arkansas Razorbacks have completed the dream season. A baseball team that's on the way back. A college world series title. Stadium. I almost got fired because I went Willie the boss after I had a little too much sauce. This is the Bud Light Morning Rush Podcast. So you're going to be doing some heavy lifting today? I have got a loaded day. Man, me too. I, I mean, I'm not kidding. Well, I mean, you're a businessman. You have a station to run, so I've got, I, I, so I've I got hope the show, you're busy. And then it, like from 9.01 till, till I get it done. It's going to be a busy day. Well, because here's the thing. I may have to work till till 2 today. <laughs> well, here's the thing. Yeah. <laughs> Poor baby. No, I'm kidding. It's going to be a long day. Today. Well, but that's the, that's the thing, is that it's great when Tommy Kraft has a long day, because since, you know, we work here and you run yeah, the stations, right. if you're not busy more often than not, I'd be concerned. The longer I'm not busy, the worse it is on everybody else, correct? That's right. And and we nobody no. wants that. No. Nobody wants Tommy Kraft bored here no. at the station. No. <laughs> no, no. Then I come up with new ideas. <laughs> yes, and then that's when it really gets sour. So, yeah. yeah, but it is a Tuesday, and happy Tuesday, and appreciate everyone joining us as uh, we're just one day closer to the yeah. Super Regional for the Razorback baseball team upcoming this week. And I'm really excited about today because obviously we're going to talk some baseball. There's some football news to get into as well. But we're going to be joined by Matt Hobbs, the pitching coach for the Arkansas Razorback baseball team around 8 a.m. this morning. And I got a lot of questions. I think it's going to be fascinating to hear how not only how he's gone about this season, but just the performances from some of these guys, especially over this past weekend and just how big of a difference makers they were. And if they're pitching and they're hitting their peak at the right time. Yeah. What was an eclectic night last night on TV? I don't know, but what does that mean? I watched softball, baseball, and hockey all in one night. Were you drunk? No, there's just wasn't a whole lot. I mean, that was kind of your choices last night. NBA obviously wasn't hey, playing. You just watch reruns of Office, though, right? Well, then I watched Billions. <laughs> I didn't watch Billions on Sunday night because I was at the game, so I caught that up. I was I was really interested in some of the baseball games, but then some of those baseball games turned out to be, yeah, eh, you know, the softball game. Jeez, you still like smoked Oklahoma. And that was kind of fun to watch. Yeah, I wasn't, I wasn't too upset. And that. I'm not a hockey. I don't understand hockey. I would like to understand hockey better, but I do understand well, okay. that it's the Stanley Cup, and I watched a little well, bit of that. And I like I like listening to Doc Emmerich because he's very good. When you say you don't understand hockey, like what do you mean? You just don't understand how it's played? or, or I don't what? understand all... No, I understand you get the puck in the net. I, I get that part. Well, yeah. <laughs> I, get, I, I, I would I'm, hope. I, I've got that part down. It's the icing, the offside. Some of these... They, 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 there's just stops in play that I don't get, and it's probably because the sport is moving faster than my eyes can understand what's going on with players on the wrong side of a blue line and some of these things before the puck advance. Some of these things mm-hmm. that... People have tried to explain to me that I just, okay. Yeah, like when fights are allowed and where they're not allowed. Right. When do they stop them? I mean, it's, you know, those are the things I'm really yeah, curious Laura about. comes there. upstairs, she goes, you're watching hockey? What, what, you know, she... Did you not find the remote? Yeah. <laughs> Did you lose it? Exactly, exactly what she thought. <laughs> well, it's the Stanley Cup. Anyway, it was just, I was just saying it was a kleptic night because it watched the... There, were, there really wasn't one dominating thing on last night. Well, what's scary but, is but that it, we're getting to the point where that's going to be, right. even those games are going to be gone. So that's why I still champion for the NBA season to move back so we would have the NBA postseason in July and early August. So Yeah. Well, I know you've been no on that train li- no for a while. No one listens to me on that. 
Well, you've been on that train now, for a while. And now I we got Goodell you. talking about shortening the the preseason, which is fine. I'm fine with that because I think his NFL preseason's garbage. But that's one less thing you got to watch in August. Yeah, if it's only two July. games instead of four. The season kind of arrives or feel oh. it arrives a little quicker. We need more. Co- we need more college preseason and less NFL preseason. That's, that's right. That's what we need. That's right. Should college football have preseason games? Yes. Not 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 preseason games. Let me read. They need what the NFL does. They need joint practices. Okay. But, but that we can watch? Right. Like okay. Oklahoma State would come over. For a scrimmage. For a scrimmage on a Saturday. No, not a, not a, not a game. Not one we're going to open the stadium up. Might not even be in the stadium. Might be on a practice field. Just a glorified scrimmage. We're going to have a joint practice. Okay. I mean, you I mean, know, I'd love that. I'd love Next year, Arkansas goes over to Stillwater for a joint practice. College football needs joint practices. I'd be down for that. I think that'd be fascinating. I would really like it if they had spring games that weren't inter-squad scrimmages, but that's a whole other discussion, too. Yeah. I mean, fights, but so many fights would break out. I have a but feeling that's fights the, would break that's out. That's like one of the great things about watch. I mean, no one watches NFL practices, but those are really when you get probably more accomplished is watching some of these NFL like joint practices they do. Yeah. Like the Cowboys, they're always out there in California. They'll they'll scrimmage with some teams. Chargers or someone like that, usually. Yeah. I've never, I've never really thought about that, but honestly Wouldn't that be fun though? It would be. Even if, if you had like a one day deal and and Tulsa or I mean yeah. it's, it's someone regional, someone you could bust to and from. Right. Not even on an airplane for practice. Yeah, and even if it was like an in-state team, I can I like. Don't, okay, hear you. Don't, don't start I that. Know, don't start I that. Know. Do not go there. I know Jonesboro's too far, Tom. You can't bust a Jonesboro. <laughs> still good roads. Yeah, there's no. You can't bust a Jonesboro, but you could but, bust a Conway, or Conway yeah, could bust up yeah. to Fayetteville. But and I'm not sure that'd be a good, as good a deal when you're trying to prepare for a season. But anyway, be good I, for I, the I fans. Think, I think, you know, that was one of the conversations about, you know, we kind of got off on a tangent here about less things on TV, but less preseason. I think you could have more preseason in college football, and we would all eat it up with a spoon. Mm-hmm. I would. I mean, let's be honest. Look at what we do with SEC media days, and there's not even football going on. No, it's just co- talking just to coaches. people yammering. Yeah, <laughs> talking season, just if you will. Talking heads. Yeah, and I mean, people just go crazy over that stuff. So imagine what they would do if they had something like that, too. Uh, it'd be fantastic. So, but... Uh, I'd be all for it, and, and here's the thing, too, and this is something we're going to get into, is that Arkansas keeps adding these non-conference games into their football schedule for the future, Memphis being the newest one in 2025, 2026, and 2028. So at least there's those games that you can also discuss and look forward to. I know it's not the mm-hmm. big Power 5 team or anything like that, no. but it's a regional opponent. No, I think Memphis is an interesting deal, and when you were – Telling me yesterday, I was late morning when mm. this news came out. I said, I guarantee you this is a two-for-one. Before I even knew anything about it, I knew Arkansas would have to go play at Memphis, which is not the worst thing ever because, hey, some of Arkansas's better recruits in the last 10 or 15 years have come from the eastern side of our state, number one. Um, and I, I think Memphis is an interesting scheduling partner, not just for football, but it will be interesting to see if the Arkansas-Memphis basketball series could get renewed somehow as a as a second encore, if you will, to to this contract. I think that's probably coming. I think it's it just is my too. guess, but yeah. I think Arkansas and Memphis makes sense on on a lot of levels. That, that we've seen it in baseball recently. Now it's back in football. It's been it's been twenty years, and uh, 
wouldn't surprise me at all. I think that's the one that most of us would be interested in, mainly because Penny Hardaway is their coach. But Arkansas has gotten some of the best players in program history out of the city of Memphis. And it's always been a, a you know great spot for Arkansas basketball. So it, it, to me, it makes sense that you're going to have some kind of presence in Memphis. Now, it's what, seven years, six years down the road before you're going to play these guys. But, yeah, it makes sense. Arkansas showed up big for the Liberty Bowl over there. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I think Memphis is a good spot. It makes a lot of sense to play Memphis. Yeah, and it's like you said, it's like it's kind of in that middle thing where it's not some scrub divisional opponent, nope. but it's not a Power 5 team. They've had some success Oh, they've been good enough to beat you so, in, in recent years. You yeah, know? just asked Ole Miss because yeah. they were able to beat Ole Miss there. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, I guess it's uh, Mike Norvell is the coach that's uh, that's over there. And you know if you're going to go play at, uh, at Memphis, it won't be a night game. So, you know. That's true. Yeah. There's your benefit. Yeah. It'll be an 11 a.m. game instead. Maybe a sunrise so game. You yeah, know? So much It'll better. play at 7 a.m., not well, 7 p.m. Well, hey, you, all you got to do, because here's my prediction, I predict that Arkansas will probably play in the Liberty Bowl before that point in time anyways, before they play each other actually in the Liberty Bowl in 2025. You can turn the Liberty Bowl into Razorback Stadium well, that's, East. That's the whole reason <laughs> they want to play Arkansas, because, how? I, I mean, I don't know. I'm going to make an assumption here, because I haven't studied a lot of... Uh, Memphis attendance figures. But Shame I'm gonna, on you. I'm going to guess the Memphis Tigers don't sell out a lot of home football games. I would, I would go out on a limb. I'm yeah. guessing on that. Yeah. But I'm guessing if it, when Ole Miss comes up there, they probably do. And I'm guessing when, when Arkansas comes over there, they, you know, that, that's the reason they want Arkansas is because Arkansas yeah. is going to fill their stadium up. Yeah. And I mean, won't you be – I know it's not like, oh, go, some – Notre Dame game like in 2025 but you gotta admit it's or 2020 but you gotta admit it'd be kind of interesting just to go over to Memphis and watch a game watch a well, regular I mean, season game I mean they, I'd do it you like Memphis I like it all right for a weekend I like it all right I like it all right for a weekend mm-hmm. I mean we go to concerts live there but no no it's a good no place to visit but I like going for concerts and barbecue get some good barbecue oh, restaurants. yeah that's always part of it but yeah I'm not a uh, I, I need to go over there for Memphis in May and the, the yeah. big uh and the big barbecue kickoff they have in May there. Yeah. As part of that. Yeah. Too bad they can't play the game in May and have yeah. it in Memphis in May. But that's okay. Yeah. Maybe maybe in basketball it'll get closer to that. Maybe this is setting up for something. Because that's what really people they, want. They want Arkansas-Memphis basketball to be scheduled. Part that sucks about going to Memphis is having to drive from Little Rock to Memphis. Oh, well. <laughs> the road from Little Rock to Memphis and Memphis back to Little Rock is just horrendous. Well, by that point in time, Not it'll be better. Not the quality of the road as much as just the frustration of the traffic. Will it be better by that time? No, be- because there will still be all of these 18-wheel trucks out there just driving well, 63 in the left lane, and then the truck on the right driving 61 in the right lane. Well, I don't know what you're yapping about. By that, by that point in time, you're going to have your own plane to fly there anyways. I hope so, so. Yeah, don't we all? So just remember me, and uh, if there's an extra seat on that, on that plane, Probably let me know. It's a, it's a uh, what do they call it, one of them gliders or whatever's got like a lawnmower engine on the back that, yep <laughs> that, that'll be my plane hey as long as it gets you there in time wear and a safely. crash helmet you know <laughs> saves you on gas and it saves you on time flying around at the beach or something it sounds like a lawnmower arriving yep just as fun as flying a, a real lawnmower plane with wings yeah <laughs> that'll be mine why do you need a 747 hey, y'all, move, y'all move out of the way here i gotta land my lawnmower <laughs> 
Come on, you need a 747 when you got no, that, Tommy. absolutely not. I mean, that's really what it's about. So. I'm moving at the speed of traffic. <laughs> Literally, about 60 miles an hour in my lawnmower here. You're listening to the Bud Light Morning Rush Podcast. Brought to you by the all-new Natural Light Natterdays. A light lager brewed with a phenomenal strawberry lemonade flavor that's perfect for bringing the fun to every occasion. The new Natural Light Natterdays. Touchdown, home! players taken last night mm-hmm. in the MLB draft. You had Dominic Fletcher go at 75th overall in the second round, and then Isaiah Campbell go at 76. So back-to-back Razorbacks pick there, and it's amazing how much uh, Isaiah Campbell jumped from last year where he was drafted. I believe it was in the 14th round, if I'm not mistaken, and now he's being drafted in the so second round. So Obviously, a year back was a huge payoff for him. Yeah, I mean, and just the development and him coming back another year, it's not only been a difference for Arkansas, but it has been a difference right. for Isaiah Campbell. And that's exactly what you go in armed with as, as a coach. If you're Matt Hobbs, you're Dave Van Horn down the road, and you're out recruiting, or you're re-recruiting the players on your roster to stay, this is why you stay. Mm-hmm. Because you go from, as you said, 14th or whatever round it was to, you know, a top 100 pick, top 75 or so pick. Huge difference in what you're going to sign for. Yeah. So, and a lot of players want it now. It's a microwave world. Here's the proof of why another year at Arkansas could be a good thing for you. Yeah. Well, what's crazy is that both left-handed pitchers there for TCU went ahead of uh, Isaiah Campbell. Yeah, the guy on uh, Saturday... Nick Ladola. Ladola. I knew I was going to struggle to get that that last name right. He went, what, seventh overall? Mm hmm. So. Yeah. And uh, the horse's name just gave me the guy from Cal that was also in the regional, went top 10 overall. Andrew Vaughn. Andrew Vaughn, yeah. So, I mean, you're talking about having two different guys that were playing in the Fayetteville regional that ended up being drafted very highly. So, very talented regional. And that's kind of one of the reasons why Dave Van Horn. Came out and said that people who overlooked this regional didn't think that the competition was stiff. He mentioned, hey, there was a lot of talent and a lot of competition in the uh, Fayetteville regional that happened. So, mm-hmm. but, uh, but congratulations to Dominic Fletcher and Isaiah Campbell. And it'll be uh, interesting to see. I mean, when you see Isaiah Campbell, do you feel like he's a bona fide pro? Do you think like, he's, like, he's got all of what it takes to make it in the big leagues? Well, I mean, we compare him a lot to Blaine Knight. And, you know, I don't know about you know, going back to the Keikels and some of the other pitchers at Arkansas that, that have had, you know, true major league success but does he fit in line with some of the guys that have come before him at arkansas i'd say yes Mm -hmm. his record indicates that all of his stats the quality of what we see he passes the eye test to my untrained baseball eye but i see no reason why he can't follow in a lot of these guys footsteps yeah yeah i don't see any reason why either but you gotta admit though it has been just interesting in dave van horn's tenure at arkansas think about some of the great pitchers he's had come through arkansas and so like going back to guys like nick schmidt and jess todd those guys, you felt like, man, this is this is a crew right here. This is some of the best pitching you'll get. But those guys didn't really translate into the big leagues, at least in the way that you thought. But then you got a guy like Cliff Lee, who no one would have thought that he would have gone to the majors, much less did what he did by you know, doing what he did and uh, winning a Cy Young Award. So you know he went there. I think Dallas Keuchel was one of the few pitchers that I think that was great at Arkansas and ended up being great in the majors, too. Still looking for a job, by the way, if anybody's out there listening. Uh, but, uh, you know, it's amazing to think about some of the great pitchers that Dave Van Horn has had and seeing if they've actually translated into the majors because you know we we talk about his impeccable record of putting guys in the MLB and pitchers obviously have uh, a better chance because of the amount of positions that are limited 
elsewhere, the pitchers are the ones that you're going to have the most players, the most roster spots for. So, you know, to get on a team may be a little easier. But still, you know, you don't really know is my point. You don't really yeah. know what, what's going to happen. Isaiah Campbell, I'm looking at him like, hey, yeah, this guy's bona fide. Who knows? Maybe he may go into the majors and blow it up and be a great pitcher. But it, it's just funny how sometimes you think that how, guy, how good a guy is in college will translate, but sometimes it just doesn't, just yeah. like in any sport. You know, there, sometimes it's just you know, situation, the system you get put in, the coaches you get put with, the development, all, all of those things. has just got to be the you know, the right situation for you. So, yeah, but it'll be, uh, it'll be interesting to see uh, how it ends up going there and if he ends up uh, making it there as well. But because baseball is a funny thing, spending times in the minors and then working your way up, we'll see how that plays out. But uh, definitely good that those two players were taken by the Arkansas Razorbacks. And it'll be also interesting to talk to Matt Hobbs about that and what he thought about Isaiah Campbell coming back in the jumps and strides that he has made uh, when it comes to uh, from last year to this year. So it'll be interesting to talk to him about that as well. Other thing I wanted to bring up on the baseball side of things is actually Brandon Marcello, who is a who actually used to work here in Arkansas. He's a sports writer, covers the Auburn Tigers there in the state of Alabama. So he has a lot of connections to Arkansas, and he's a good follow on Twitter too. But he brought up an interesting point yesterday that I mean I wasn't as outraged as he was or frustrated, but I did think it was funny when he mentioned that the attendance numbers that get put out by SEC specifically SEC teams in baseball is just a reoccurring thing every single year. It seems like every year, particular SEC teams like LSU, like Arkansas, like Mississippi State, usually the three biggest mm-hmm. venues are going to have the most fans, love to pump out just their attendance numbers of how much they've had, which you don't really see that very often in any other so of the two major sports like in football and in basketball. And his right. question was, is like, at what point in time does baseball attendance numbers become not a big deal anymore? Well, is this a recruiting message? Because players want to play in front of fans. Right. I, I assume. I mean. I'd like to play in front of fans if, if you're gonna, I was a player. If you're going to yeah. have a choice of schools, wouldn't you rather go play somewhere where they draw 10,000 to a game? Be nice. Would be nice. And I think part of that's just the recruiting message. It's hard to think. You know, some of these games, like you watch, you watch some of these 11 a.m. games in the NCAA tournament. And then you, you see a bunch of empty seats. Now, this is a big game. Equivalent to what we're watching in a regional. Big game. And then you see empty seats and it takes away from some of the some of the mystique of the event, some of the, the importance of the event. When there's empty seats, it, it, if it's important, why are there empty seats? Prime seats, right? And we see it every year in the NCAA tournament in some of these early games particularly. Makes you wonder, what, what's going on here? You know? I think Arkansas takes pride in the fact, and, and you mentioned LSU, Mississippi State, and there's others. They take pride in the fact in having a full venue. I think it's recruiting players. It's also reinforcing why the NCAA needs to continue to select Fayetteville, Arkansas as a host site for a regional more years than not. If Arkansas is the team that's worthy, you want to come here because we're going to put 10,000 butts in seats. We're going to sell tickets. Super Regional already sold out. And you're not going to have to worry about it when you come to Fayetteville. I think part it's just a recruiting message for a lot of things. But, but it's building the importance of the event, building the importance of the program in the minds and reinforcing how big a deal this program has become. Which I agree with you on that. But in comparative to the other two major sports that are ahead of college baseball, which is, of course, Razorback, or just football and basketball in general, right. you don't see the attendance but, numbers get promoted as because much. Because baseball's third. Baseball has to 
fight for its real estate. Baseball still has it's, it's still third and going to be third. Right, but if it's just recruiting in baseball specifically, I mean that shouldn't it shouldn't matter because well, you're going up against your baseball. You're, who cares what football and basketball is doing in attendance? Because you're still recruiting against in baseball. So I get mm-hmm. that, but. It's just you. It's funny to me that you don't see it like Michigan. I, I don't know who has the biggest capacity state. I'm assuming it's still Michigan. I know they got 110,000 or however many right. they fit. But as much as things as they throw crap they throw out and promote, one of the few things I see that they do not promote is just, oh, this is our total number of attendance, the most attended, da 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 da. And it just makes me wonder does in a sport like baseball, which is still trying to find its niche, trying to promote itself, trying to get the branding up. Is it something to where in football it's just another la di da whatever, but in baseball it's showing the growth of the sport yeah. and how it's continuing of like, hey, here's this big old attendance number. We're not putting this out because, of course, it's recruiting, but we're also putting it out to show in general how much this team or this state or this program cares about its baseball program. How many times in marketing any product do you hear X number of your friends and neighbors have tried this widget? 10 million people have bought this car. 5 million people have tried this, whatever it is. We hear that marketing message repeatedly used, that angle used on a lot of different things. This product bought by this many people. Hell, McDonald's, how many billions have been served? It's right there on the, the golden arches, right? Yeah. It reinforces why we should be using a product, why we why it's legitimate. Baseball, I think, still fights particularly in the mainstream sports media, for its legitimacy. It does. Yeah. It has to fight for its real estate. And when you reinforce your position by, well, look at all the people that are attending. We've got to be up to something good. Look how many people are attending the games. It's just one more, it's just one more piece of ammo to, to fight that fight because baseball still has to fight um, uphill for, for its real estate in the sports media space. Yeah, which I agree with you there, too. And I think it's a branding thing because I, I don't know if you've seen this, too, Tommy, because I think you're I, I'm a baseball casual baseball fan. I'm sure you're probably even more a baseball fan than I am. And I know that uh, we don't talk a lot of MLB or anything, but it just seems like the sport of baseball has lost its cool factor in a lot of the eyes of the vast majority of people. Now, well, we've for seen the, a shift in this last generation. My, I think my generation doesn't have i know my dad and my grandfather's baseball was oh yeah was it and i think america's pastime you know people in their 30s and 40s don't love it as much as their dads and their grandfathers did and i you know i think baseball is certainly eroding it's it's fan base is eroding every day yeah so as far as from a bigger picture factor i think that that's also what baseball is having to go up against like you said it's trying to show people it's like hey people are really interested in this look at these attendance numbers look how much if people are loving the college game this much probably look baseball at the pros. any stars i mean who's the biggest star in baseball bryce harper mike trout probably yeah. but they're not lebron james they're not no. steph curry no they're man. not tom brady in fact they're I think, not i think it was espn or it was either espn or si somebody like that put out uh, the yeah. list of like the the hundred greatest like branded athletes are like and like one of them was a baseball player at 89 and it was bryce harper that's the problem that baseball has that you know when baseball was in the 90s still far more relevant than i think it is today you had you know mcguire and you had sosa and the home run chase there and you had you had players that that people wanted to watch because you tuned in to see a player when's the last time you watched a baseball game to see a player been a long time very long time 
and particularly someone in their 20s or 30s, when's the last time a player made you tune into a to a major league baseball game? That's part of the problem right yeah. now. Now, college I mean, baseball different. Oh, yeah, totally different, different because we root for our team. Yeah, we're we're rooting for Isaiah Campbell or any of these guys is hell. I mean, just go down the roster. Rooting for for all these guys. But ultimately, we're there because the Razorbacks are playing. Yeah, we I mean, these guys are Razorbacks and we want all of them to do great, but we're there for the Razorbacks. Mm-hmm. There's a whole different that's a whole different thing. Yeah. You want your team priority number one is your team. Priority yeah. number two is your the players on it. I mean, let's be at honest. The, at the end of the day, I don't I don't think this is a great baseball saying we're we're really good smart football fans. We're really smart basketball fans. I think we're becoming better baseball fans as a whole as a state. But we're great ra- above all else. We love the Razorbacks in Arkansas. Mm-hmm. So it doesn't matter what the Razorbacks are, are competing in. We're going to root for the Razorbacks. Yeah. That's what we do. In an example, just look at the softball team last and, year and how many people showed up to those games. Exactly. And now more and more people are getting in line and, and really understanding that the nuances of baseball and not, you know, me amongst them. But, but, but I think we are a, have a, uh, a deeper understanding of football and basketball in this state just because we've followed it closely for decades in this state. And, you know, it's really been about a 15 to 20 year run at best with with the baseball team. Yeah. That yeah. we've really followed it close. And let's be honest, too, Tommy, we can end on this note when it's always about what the how the other teams and other other states view the sport. Everyone loves football. Therefore, you want to be great in football. Everybody loves basketball outside the state. They want to be competitive in basketball. You want to be competitive in basketball because everybody else is, too. Baseball was never that point where people outside... You probably cared about baseball, well, but, be, but college baseball was never a big factor or a big deal outside of this state, or at least in the grand scheme of things. It's growing now, and it's getting to that well, point. But you want, to be in, you want to be the best in what everybody else cares sure. about. Sure. But also, let's be honest. How much is of this in our, in our state, in our little Razorback world here, that baseball is more important than maybe it would have been if football was better or basketball was... We're, we're clutching to baseball in a lot of ways because we haven't had success as a fan base in any other sport. I, I, yeah, I think that factors I think it a little bit. Eleva- but- I think it has elevated baseball's importance to this fan base because well, football sucked for six or seven seasons now. Last time you had a good year was 2011. Since 2012, it's been just difficult to be a fan. Yeah. And 1996 was the last week 16 in basketball. Baseball's had consistent success year after year i think that we've elevated yeah. its importance because it's the only thing we can gravitate to that's had any success but i would even argue the that big three i would even argue that during football season though when football was good people still love baseball though a very like they were all in on baseball but the jokes now become when do, anytime football you know, goes baseball you know you get off to like a you know, three and five starter. When's baseball season start? Yeah, it used to be when's same, basketball, but right now uh, the same thing comes up in basketball. In basketball season. Well. I think baseball would, you know, the success of baseball would still be important to our fan base, but I think it's been elevated even more because we don't have those storylines in football to really talk about right now. We don't have those storylines in basketball in the off season that might become more prominent because the success for those programs haven't been there. Not that baseball wouldn't be important. I just think it's there's more real estate for it in our state because football and basketball have not done their parts to keep and maintain their real estate, their prime corners 
as as uh, as well landscaped as they should here in the last decade or so. You're listening to the Bud Light Morning Rush Podcast, brought to you by the all-new Natural Light Natterdays, the new beer of the summer, with a refreshing strawberry lemonade twist. Natterdays, fun for every occasion. They won't catch him. Alex Collins is going to take it all the way to the house. Reminder, we'll be joined by Matt Hobbs, the pitching coach for the Arkansas Razorback baseball team here in about an hour, really looking forward to that and talking to him about not only Isaiah Campbell, but the rest of the pitching staff, how the weekend went and looking forward to the weekend in the Super Regional in Fayetteville, but against Ole Miss. So uh, definitely going to be some interesting stuff coming from him here in about an hour. But I, w- I wanted to switch gears a little bit because we had brought this up earlier in the show. And I, I still think it's fascinating how the Razorback football team is going about in their scheduling when it comes to future non-conference games. We already know that they're going to be playing Notre Dame in 2020 and 2025. We know they got Oklahoma State on the on the docket. We know that they got BYU. They still got a game with Texas. They still got a lot of good key marquee games coming up. Yep. And the most recent one, or the newest one, is they have scheduled a three-game series, which is not really often, but a three-game series against Memphis, where in 2025 they will play at Memphis, mm-hmm. 2026 back in Fayetteville, and then 2028 also back in Fayetteville. Yeah, it's a two-for-one deal, and Arkansas, like I said, will play presumably at the Liberty Bowl uh, when when they make that trip over there in what will be, what, six years from now. But um, I, I think it's an interesting series. Arkansas hasn't played Memphis since 1998. They played a uh, five-year stretch there in the 90s. It makes sense for these schools to play um, because of the, the regionality. Arkansas, when they have went to... Uh, postseason played in the Liberty Bowl uh, obviously shows up well I think our fan base enjoys going to Memphis so this is a great non-conference road game now it's not a power five road game and it'll be interesting to see when the when the scheduling starts working its way out okay you you, you assume you still have the A&M deal how's that all going to work out what the what are the fans going to get at home and now you've got a non-conference non-power five team you're going on the road for now in 2025 you get Notre Dame at home that year so that makes up for a lot of things in the fans minds but it is kind of uh, a unique situation to travel to a non-power five school like you did this past year with Colorado State to play a road game but if you were going to play a non-power five school at their place like a right. home and home type series which I know this is a three game but still playing at their place to me Memphis does make a lot of logical sense, yeah. competitive sense, and honestly, I think that Razorback fans have kind of embraced it and think it will be a, an interesting matchup because it's it's close yeah. in proximity and it's against a team that's had a lot of success on a national level, at least as much as you can as a non-Power 5 school the past few years. I'm trying to think of who else you would even put on a list. I mean, Tulsa comes to mind because of the regionality, but Tulsa's not at the same level as Memphis, really. No. And traveling to Tulsa wouldn't be right. I mean, the really same thing from a recruiting standpoint. I mean, you, obviously around Dallas, you're not going to play anybody like that. Um, we're just trying to, trying to think from you know a 300 mile radius. Who would you yeah. want to play that would even fit that mold? Yeah. And just and that that makes sense at yeah. all. Like you at know? Southern Miss, you know, you're just trying no. to think of those teams, and that doesn't even do it for no. you. So I don't know. Nope. I, I can't think That's of about it, really. it. Yeah. So it, it's it it's makes about the sense. only time you do that. But you're seeing more and more of this. You got to go two for one type stuff. They'll come to your place twice. You got to go to their place once. So read this yesterday. 
And, you know, when the news came out, one of my first thoughts is, is this going to begin a a scheduling relationship between the University of Arkansas and Memphis? So can we see, we've seen baseball in recent years where they played in, in Little Rock. Yes. Now we've got football. Will basketball get on the schedule? Because I think that's one thing that fans have wondered. Mm-hmm. Why, why isn't Arkansas and Memphis playing every year? They home used and to. Home. They used to. You know, or or at least every year play, you know, back and forth. They come here one year, we go there in that one year. Mm. You got the FedEx Forum there. And why, why aren't you playing in Memphis? I think Arkansas fans would enjoy uh, a well-placed non-conference road game at Memphis. I enjoy, you know, I wouldn't want to live in Memphis, but spending a weekend in Memphis, going to a game, going to a concert, always a good time. Yeah. Especially with, uh, you know, just looking at it from the perspective of the because Calipari was the one that ended this century. Because again, Arkansas and Memphis, and back then Memphis State, if you're if you're mm-hmm. old enough to remember that, they played pretty much every single year. And now, you know, it kind of just gone by the wayside. And I think most people are really trying to embrace it. Right. And Penny Hardaway being the coach over there in basketball, thing it would it would make sense too. But I, I'm with you. I would wonder how this would go about having all three major sports play Memphis. I mean, why not? Football, it's a good pick. Baseball's a good pick. Mm-hmm. Basketball's a good pick. It's non-conference. It's not non-power five. It's close in proximity, which... It helps f- with recruiting. It helps with recruiting because there's a lot of good recruits coming out of the Memphis area, right. especially in football and in basketball. So, yeah, why not? Makes too much sense. Makes too much sense, that's for sure. Hey, real quick, sorry, this just came across time. I want to update everybody. They have come out with the times and dates for the Super Regional this weekend for the Arkansas Razorback and Ole Miss game. June 8th will be when this team plays. So Saturday. Saturday. Saturday start. Saturday start at 11 a.m. Wow. I thought Arkansas was done with 11 a.m. kickoffs, Tommy. (laughs) I thought we weren't supposed to have these 11 a.m. kickoffs anymore. So the Super Regional begins Saturday with an 11 a.m. first pitch. At 11 a.m. Wow. But, you know what the good news is? It's on the big dog ESPN. All right. So television, it's great. 11 a.m., a little early. But still, Razorback fans will show up regardless. Mm -hmm. Then on Sunday, the game will be at 2 p.m. on ESPNU. And then June 10th, if necessary, on Monday, the game will be at 3 p.m. No night games in the Super Regional. That game will be on ESPN2. All right, so Saturday, Sunday, Monday, 11, 2, and 3 yep. for start times. 11 a.m. Saturday, 2 p.m. Sunday, if necessary, Monday afternoon at 3. Yep. All right, got it. You okay with that? Yeah, I mean, you know. It obviously makes the heat of the day a factor in all of these games because you're not going to play lying. one game under the lights. So, you you know, hadn't looked at the, the, the weather, the temperature. Now, what are the odds that all three of these games with the forecast I've seen for the week and, and looked far enough ahead but for, set, for, for a week out, but I would bet all three of these games don't get off at least at the prescribed start time. Just doesn't seem to be working that way right now around here no but how do you not have a, a single night not, game not one night game out of that so i'm gonna tell you the heat of the day is going to be a factor playing in the sun so now so so you don't even get the friday start of the series 
You have an 11 a.m. game to start the, the yeah. start the whole thing off, Tommy. It, it, I don't know what the, we, the like it, weather can change. Saturday looks like it's going to be cloudy. Chances of rain. Ch- chances of rain I, on my phone here says 79. Partly cloudy, partly sunny, whatever. That, you know, it's got a cloud and a sun. What What is that on, on my phone? Is that partly sunny or partly cloudy? I'm not sure. One of the two. Both. One of the two. 83. Same thing for Monday and 79. Okay. that's that's There it is. I'm not a fan of this. I don't like this at all. Not that they okay. asked me or cared, but. Well, it's, it, and it's based on TV. So I understand, but starting Saturday and having early games, no night games. Like night games are the best. You want the night game for the hog pen. That's why you want the, the well, night just game. Just the atmosphere. It's just like in football. You know, you want night I games. I it's mean, easier. It's, it's, listen, it's easier for people in our state to get to a game yes. at night. Just yeah. is. Yeah. So I'm kind of disappointed by this, but it's it, better. It's better for the local restaurants and hotels. Right. The games are at night. That's Phil, right. Phil's going to be really surprised by this because he told me yesterday, it's like, there's no way they don't get a night game. Wow. He just, I mean, because of the atmosphere and because of the, the te- and I know Arkansas is not a huge television market, but when you talk about Arkansas baseball, that's like the one draw yeah. that you can point to. Like people are going to watch this. Well, and if, if loyal Marymount had perhaps beaten UCLA yesterday, things might be different, you know, because Fewer national draws mm-hmm. by the elevated Arkansas status, but you know you got Arkansas and Ole Miss. Neither n- neither team has big television markets. You got basically the Memphis market and the Little Rock market. So I, I, I get some of this. Why you know in college baseball is not a huge ratings draw anyway. Let's be honest. Right. So they're trying to place these games where you get the biggest draw you can. Right. Which which I get too. But I mean, I, you know, you look at UCLA. How many people in LA are watching UCLA baseball? Probably not well, many. Well, all three of their games are going to be night games. But right. Texas Tech has two night games for their regional. LSU's yeah. got two of them. Nashville's got three of them. Uh, Starkville. Starkville has two night games. Mm-hmm. That's trash. I am writing a very strong worded letter to the NCAA. <laughs> It's Bush League. I don't like right. that. I don't like that at all. So there's your update, though. Make your plans accordingly again. Saturday is when the series will start for the Super Regional at 11 a.m., then 2 p.m. on Sunday, and if necessary, 3 p.m. on Monday. So be sure to check that out as well. I hope it's two Razorback wins, and we don't worry about Monday. I will start certainly about, hope so. Start worrying about our $400 night hotels in Omaha. Do you think those tickets will go as expensive now that they're not night games? Uh, no, that probably deflates that market a little bit. Yeah, it certainly does. You're listening to the Bud Light Morning Rush Podcast. Brought to you by the all-new Natural Light Natterdays, the new beer of the summer. We're going to talk about the performance specifically from the pitching over the weekend, as well as previewing into this weekend series against Ole Miss as we welcome in the Razorback pitching coach, Matt Hobbs. Coach, really appreciate you joining us this morning. How you doing? Uh, good guys. Thanks for having me. Yeah, I appreciate you hopping on with us. Obviously, it's a busy time for you, but also an exciting time for you. And in your first year being the Razorback pitching coach, I'd say so far so good. It's not been a pretty, uh, not been a bad year for you to start off your your tenure here at Arkansas. Yeah, I mean, I had a pretty good group that I walked into, so <laughs> it's been uh, it's been really fun and been great to you know get to know these guys and coach them. And I think that. And I've said this before, the, the guys that have come before me in the same position, Coach Jorn and also Coach Johnson, did such a really good job preparing these guys that I, when I walked in that, you know, I had a, I have a very, very well-rounded, prepared pitching staff. Yeah. Watching the, the draft last night, uh, I want to talk about the draft and the process and some of the timing of it and the, the difference this year, but 
Isaiah Campbell, 76th overall in the draft. Uh, Got to be satisfying for you to watch one of your guys uh, have the success and move up so dramatically uh, it, it, this year in the draft from, from a year ago and what it would have been. Yeah, I think Zay did such a such a good job getting himself to this position that um, obviously he's he's worthy of that pick, and, and I thought he could have gone a little bit higher than that, truthfully. But you know, he should be really excited about getting with the you know the Mariners, a really good organization, especially on the pitching development side. I know some guys in their front office to do a really good job, but yeah, he's done he's done fantastic this season, and it's you know great honor. I want to ask you about the timing of the draft because it is kind of odd to have right in the midst of your postseason. It's been in the College World Series at times in previous years. It's a little earlier this year to have the Major League Baseball draft right here. Your thoughts on on the timing of it all and how it works out, and, and is it a, a distraction for college kids to have this on their minds in the midst of their most important games of their college careers? You know, I think that you can't say that it isn't a distraction. You can't say that, you know, 20, 21, 22-year-old kids aren't thinking about this. You know, they are. There's no there's no way, no two ways about that. We do as good a job as we can of insulating them from all the outside noise about where they're going to be picked or if they're going to be picked or, you know, the, the round or any of that stuff. But it's hard. It's tough. It's tough on these kids. I mean, I remember yesterday, you know, Michigan's playing in their, you know, to playing for their lives and, two of their pitchers go off and <laughs> while the game's going on, you know, I just don't, I, I think there's gotta be a better way to do it when there's not games happening. Um, I know they've talked about moving the draft to, to the college world series. I think the opening days of the world series, you know, I don't know if there's any perfect formula for this between major league baseball and the NCAA. I just wish we'd all get together on it. So the kids could just go out and compete and not worry about, where they're going to be picked in the, in the whole draft process. I, I, I don't know the answer, but, you know, I, 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 it is a distraction. But our guy, you know, I, I only speak for our guys. I think they did as good a job as you can possibly do of just getting, making it about the baseball and letting the other stuff take care of itself. Speaking with Matt Hobbs, the Razorback pitching coach right now on the morning rush. Coach, speaking of Isaiah Campbell still, one of the things that it's weird to say because he's been so great this year, but it's almost like he is being undervalued by so many people. Of course, when the All-SEC selections came out, didn't even get a mention there. Uh, You mentioned that in the draft. You feel like he could have gone even higher than what he was drafted at. Do you feel like he has been undervalued a little bit by people outside the state, and has he maybe used that as some motivation here to really showcase himself? Just what's overall been his mentality about all that? He goes about it every day pretty much the same. I don't think he re- he reads into that stuff too much. Um, you know, on the all SEC stuff, I, I just, I mean, the guy's eleven and one <laughs> with ridiculous numbers. I I I don't know how there's six guys better or four guys better than him in the conference. Um, but that's those decisions are made above my pay grade. <laughs> um, I, again, again, I don't think he really reads into. He's gone about his work every single day the same since I've been here and you know I think I don't think he lets the noise get involved and he just goes out and makes pitches and works his tail off every single day. Arkansas pitching coach Matt Hobbs with us here in the morning rush we know the game times now for this weekend Saturday at 11 Sunday at 2 Monday if necessary at 3 what went into scheduling this is this a, totally uh, on TV when, when this comes about and your thoughts on these game times and and um, and and how that affects the way you approach getting your staff ready for this weekend. I was pretty excited when I heard that it was going to be a Saturday start just because it keeps our, our keeps Isaiah on a regular regular routine since he pitched on Saturday last weekend. Um, 
the, the, the times I think are based on television from what I can understand. I don't know. Again, I don't know how much, how all those decisions are made. Um, the 11 a.m. start time, that's an early call. So <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm sure our fans are going to be fired up, though. Yeah, no doubt about it. And then speaking of going into this weekend, obviously this past weekend, you had mixed up the pitching rotation a little bit where Connor Nolan got the start on the Friday, then Isaiah Campbell came in, and of course Patrick Wicklander ended up uh, finishing things off. So mixed it up a little bit, but you mentioned about getting Isaiah Campbell full rest. This weekend, how are you going to handle the pitching rotation? Is it going to go back and revert back to what you guys were doing throughout the regular season in these SEC series, or what's your plan for this weekend? I think Zay's going to go on Saturday. I think that we're, I'm I'm pretty confident that that's going to happen. I don't know about the other two spots yet. We we still need to talk to the staff about how we want to use those two spots. Um, we'll make those decisions. I think probably either this afternoon or tomorrow. Um, it gives us an extra day to to kind of get our bearings with the Saturday start instead of you know playing the regional on Friday. But I'm not again. I'm I'm pretty confident that Zay will go on Saturday. Yeah. But that's all I know as of right now. Playing a team you're very familiar with in Ole Miss. Uh, when you get to this point in the year, would you rather have a team that you got a lot of reconnaissance on, a lot of scouting on, or would you rather kind of have a, a team that didn't know you as well? Uh, you know, just on the other hand, you know, you're you're playing a team and a foe that's kind of had Arkansas's number lately. What what would be your preference at this point in the year as far as opponent and familiarity with an opponent? Um, I mean, I think you know, there's probably positives to both things. Uh, my preference is always just to keep playing, so it doesn't really matter who comes in here. Um, you know, when we saw we were matched up with Ole Miss, we knew that was a possibility. And, you know, having some familiarity against them is, you know, I think beneficial to both clubs. And, you know, it's just going to be about who comes in here and makes the most pitches this weekend and gets off the best swings. And that'll, that'll be what who decides this, this series. It, you know, obviously the fact that we played them five times this season, it is what it is. And the numbers are what they are and the records are what they are. But it's going to come down to this weekend and who's, who's more prepared and who makes better, like I said, who makes more pitches and takes, and gets off good swings. Speaking of the SEC, there were six teams that advanced into the Super Regionals from this conference and in this division alone. I mean, you're talking about Arkansas, you're talking about Auburn, you're talking about uh, teams like Mississippi State, Ole Miss, LSU. It's just stock full, and, and we all know that how good the SEC is, but it's kind of kind of got to feel good, too, knowing that your team was one of the teams that was on the top of the SEC West as co-champions and seeing how this uh, division in this conference advances into the Super Regionals. I mean, it's got to help you and get prepared for postseason playing, knowing the type of rigorous schedule you played in conference playing, knowing up the type of competition that you guys went through this year. Yeah, nothing prepares you for the postseason like playing in the SEC, I don't think, because like you guys have just said, the just the quality of the teams that are still remaining. You know, you've got an Auburn Auburn team that was struggling down the stretch, and here they are in a Super Regional, so it's the conference is so deep and the players are so good and the coaches around the conference are so prepared and do such a great job that if you can make it through the SEC regular season and still be standing at the end of it, you know, you, I think you got a good chance to play pretty long into the postseason. Yeah, I mean, going through the SEC and particularly the, the West, it, it's like running 35 miles to get ready for a 26 mile marathon. I mean, it just seems easier when you get, <laughs> it seems like it's easier when you get into the postseason. I mean, I don't want to say the competition's less, but there's clearly a step down in some of these regionals for a lot of SEC teams, not just Arkansas this first weekend. As far as what you're facing, I mean, it's a it's a murderer's row in Hoover, the, the teams that are there on a national level. It'd be harder if you were trying to win that tournament in Hoover than it would the College World Series in some ways just because of the stacked talent. Yeah, I was uh, getting re- we were getting ready to play 
you know, the last game we played there in Hoover against Ole Miss, and my wife called me, and she said, hey, do you realize that there's five teams in the top, uh, I think we're in the top ten that we're playing <laughs> in <laughs> Hoover still? And I just kind of, like, stepped back. I was like, man, this conference is like eating an elephant. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I mean, it's it's been fantastic for the SEC, and it's been fantastic for the Arkansas Razorbacks. And I know that, uh, Coach, you're gonna uh, need uh, need you know your team's gonna have to bring it this weekend against Ole Miss, and I'm sure they will. It should be a great atmosphere and a great event going on this weekend for the Super Regional. Coach Matt Hobbs, the Razorback pitching coach for the Razorback baseball team, really appreciate you hopping on with us this morning, Coach. Good luck this weekend, and I'm sure we'll be catching up with you later down the road. Thanks for having me, guys. I appreciate it. Your number one source of local news and information you need. Like the Bud Light Morning Rush podcast? Check out the Halftime Pod at hitthatline.com.